morning. Today's daf is daf Samach Beis. Today's shiz Ilu Nishmas Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Halevi. Tzvi Ben Chaim and Vili Ben Vili. It's also Ilu Nishmas. Shaina Bas Yitzchak and Yitzchak Lev Ben Yosef. May their memory be a blessing and may the Nashamas have an aliyah. And so yesterday we raised, we brought a machloikas, Rabba and Rav Chizda. Of, it was quite a tricky, a little bit of a tricky case, but it was, we know, if someone shechted the Korban Pesach, for those who have Mila, but at the time of Shechita he had in mind that he was going to do Zrika for Arelim, for an uncircumcised person. Now remember, the shechita of the Pesach has to be done for people who can eat it, otherwise it's invalid. And we gave one explanation, yes, and we gave one explanation of the Maslokes, which we rejected, so let's go on to the new explanation, the second suggested explanation, which is actually where we left off yesterday. So it's right at the bottom of Samach Aleph Amud Beis, Elo Omar Ravashi, rather Ravashi says, What's the Machloikas Rabbi and Ravchizda? Says Ravchizda, the Rabbi Baha'i Krokam Afligi, they're arguing in the following Possuk. It will be accepted for him and it will atone for him. Says, It has to be for him and not his friend. I, you have to do the Korban for its owner and not for someone else. Now, Rabbi Savar Chavera Dumya Didei. His friend must be similar to him. I, for this intent for someone else to invalidate the Korban, to invalidate the Korban Pesach, it has to be similar to this person who it should be for. In what way? It says, Just as he is, well, literally subject to atonement, but just as he is obligated in a Korban Pesach, it must also be a friend who is obligated or subject to a Korban Pesach. Which excludes this oral because he can't, he's not subject to Kapora, he's not able to bring a, he's not allowed to bring a Korban Pesach. So again, so what are we saying? It's what's Rav Ashi? We'll see Rav Chizda shortly, but let's um, just clarify Rabba. What are we saying the Machloikas is based on? How do we know that you have to do a Korban for someone else? Sorry, you have to do the Korban for the right owners. But for that invalidation, it has to have some level of similarity to the owners. I also someone who's obligated or subject to that sacrifice, which Rabbi says excludes an oral because an oral can't bring a common pesach. Rav Chizda oral nami Rav Chizda says no, that oral is also obligated. Bar kaporahu because he can fix himself. He can just have a bris milah. So what's what's Rav Chizda saying? They argue, they agree with this concept of a bar chiva. Just close the door here. They both agree in this concept that for it, a korban to be invalid when it's done for the wrong owners, it must be someone for for yeah for someone besides the owners. It must be for someone who's also subject to this korban. 
Now, the, where, what do they argue on? You count someone who has not had a bris miller as subject to the Korban Pesach. On the one hand, he's not allowed to bring a Korban Pesach because he's uncircumcised. On the other hand, according to Rav Chista, he could just circumcise himself and he is obligated. There's no reason to say he's not obligated. He just has to circumcise himself. So therefore, he is subjected. So that's what the Machloikes is based on. So therefore, in other words, if you have in mind at the time of Shechita that you're going to sprinkle the blood for someone who is not circumcised, the question is, the question is not really whether he's uncircumcised or not. The question is really, is he subject to the Korban Pesach? That's how Rabbi and Rabbi Chizda are arguing. Does Rabbi Chizda really hold for saying since? Now what do we say here? Since, you're right, this person who, who is an oral is not allowed to bring a Korban Pesach. But since he could have a miller, he is allowed, he's considered things. So Hoyl, does Rabbi Chizda hold for Hoyl? We saw this... Uh, about three weeks, uh, quite, where was it? Yeah, a few weeks ago, he says, Itmar If you bake on Yom Tov for the, for the weekday, for the next day. Rabchizda says you get lashes, and Rabba says you don't get lashes. Rabbi says you don't when you cook today on Yom Tov for tomorrow, which is a weekday, you don't get lashes because if visitors would arrive or you would be cooking for visitors, they could eat it and it's fit for Yom Tov. So therefore you don't get lashes. Ho'il, I sense visitors could could arrive. And Veravchizda Omar Loika Ravchizda says, No, you get lashes. Lo Amrinan we don't say this concept of hoil. Oh, when you're cooking now, is this action legal? Yeah, the one explanation we gave when we discussed that sugya, a good one to remember because it, you can see how it fits in with the hoil whenever we come across it. But Rav Chizda holds hoil. You look at the action now. Is he cooking? The action he's doing now, is he cooking for visitors or is he cooking for tomorrow? Or is, uh, yeah, maybe you call it Makshava. Um, whereas according to Rabbah, you looked at what it could be. Since it could be cooking for visitors, it is fine. Let me just check one thing. Yeah, according to Rav Chizda, as I said, we go after what's called, the yeah, Rav Ilkhanim expresses it as, according to Rav Chizda, we go after his machshava, his intent. Why is he doing this act now? Not what it could be done for. Why is it done now? Whereas Rabbi, we look at the master. Is the master of cooking on Yom Tov problematic? Even though his intent is for the next. And according to Rabbi, it's not problematic because visitors could arrive. So, but again, what's our question? Is we said, Ba'akobam Pesach shechted for someone who's uncircumcised, or shechted that he'll do Rikha for someone uncircumcised. It is, according to Rabbi, it's valid because someone who's uncircumcised is not part of Shechita. But why don't we say Hoyl? So he says, Bishleim ad Rabbah, Rabbah loikasha. Rabbah's not difficult. He says, Hacha mechusar maaseh, hosam deloi mechusar maaseh. Here it's mechusar maaseh, and there it is not mechusar maaseh. I, on, what, to, for this 
Orel, this uncircumcised person, to be fit to bring the Koban Pesach, what does he have to do? He has to do the act of bris milah. So you can't, so there's an act in the way, a maaseh. But for the food that he's cooking now, to be fit for guests, does he have to do anything? No, he just sits back and waits for them to arrive. Or he calls out the window, please come for snacks, of some lunch that I've made. But again, there's no, uh, um, there's not the mass in the way. So maybe, so according to Rabbi, you'll say hoil when there's no master, but you won't say when it is. But it's very difficult. And if Rav Chizda comes along and says, since hoil, this guy could have a mila, could have a circumcision, he could bring a common Pesach. He's someone who's subject to a common Pesach. Whereas over there, by Yom Tov, he didn't say hoil. So Omri, Kileis, later Rav Chizda, hoil, the Kulo, Lofumra, Islay. says, no, Rav Chizda never says hoil to go lenient. I, to, um, to exempt him from Malkus. You won't say hoil to exempt him from Malkus. By Yom Tov, Lofumra, Islay, but he does hold, you say, um, hoil to go strict. I hear to make him laugh, to invalidate the Korban Pesach. So very interesting, Rav Chizda doesn't rule out oil entirely, he just only says it when it's going strict. Okay, now we move on to a new point. We're now going to analyze the price that we mentioned on the previous page. So he says, there we were trying to work out who, if the Korban Pesach is shechted for, is it invalid? So Amalei Mazutra Braid Rav Mori Laravina Katani we learned in the Brisa Hoil for Orla Poiseles Betumah Poiseles. Since and someone who's uncircumcised, if if the Korban Pesach is is slaughtered for someone uncircumcised, it invalidates the Korban Pesach. Betumah and someone and if it's shechted for someone who's tomet, it invalidates the Korban Pesach. Ma Tumah lo also bar mitzvah Tumah kol Tumah af Orla. Well, just as if only some of the people are Tomei, some are Tomei and some are Tohor, it does not invalidate it. Well, then so too, if some of the people are uncircumcised and some are circumcised, it does not invalidate it. Now the Gemara asks, Hey, Chai, Tuma, Hey, Chidami, what sort of, what's Tomei? What are we talking about when we say Tuma? It says, Elema, Tumas Gavri, and maybe we're speaking about where the people, it's shechted for people who are Tomei. And therefore, if you have four or five people who are Tomei and four or five people who are Tohar, then it's fine. Gabe Orla Nami, Holo Posli, the Tnan, Lemulin, Ula Arelim, Kosher. Someone by Arelim and Mulim, it would also be fine because, as the Mishnah teaches, someone who, if it's shechted on behalf of people who are circumcised and people who are uncircumcised, it is kosher. So, yeah, let's just um, jump back a step. We're about halfway down Samach Beizamud Aleph, 62a. Um, so, just to jump back one point, um, we said if someone is, we said if some's Tome and some is Tahar. It's the same as or as some who is so, sorry other way around. 
Yeah, yeah. If some is uncircumcised, if some of the people are checked for is uncircumcised, and some of the people are checked for are circumcised, it is still a valid korban pesach, just as by tuma. If some of the people are tome and some of the people are tohor, it's a valid korban pesach. Now the Gemara says, "My shnai tuma the pshitelei, or my orle the misveikelei." Why is Tuma obvious to him and Orla in doubt? Because right, how, how's the Tana learning? The Tana says, well, if you say by Tuma, if some people are Tuma and some people are Tohor, it's a valid Koban Pesach, well, then so too by Orla. It's from the same mission. It's from the same point. It's the same concept. Why is it more obvious that half pe- if half the people are Tohor and half are Tuma, it's valid, and half and it's not so clear that if half the people are Tome and half the pe- half the people are uncircumcised and half the people are circumcised, that it might not be. And we need to learn from Tome. Why is it more obvious than the other one? So Ella betumas bosor. It must be we're discussing where the flesh of the korban pesach becomes Tome. Well, my law also by mixes Tuma kochol Tuma. And what do we mean if some of it is Tome, We don't treat it as if it's all Tome. The ilu itmi chan meavorim. If only one of the limbs became Tome. This, that, that we burn, and the rest we can eat it. So you say, oh, so that's why it's not so obvious. Uh, the discussion here is not whether you shech the Koban Pesach and half the people are Tomei or Tahor, or where you do the Zrika and half the people are Tomei or Tahor. That's fine, and that's obvious, and that we don't have an issue. What's novel here is that even if it's shechted and some of it becomes tome and some of it remains tohor, and some of the actual flesh is tome, even there it's still a valid korban pesach and they can eat from it and fulfill their mitzvah, even though some of it became tome, as long as some of it is tohor and they can eat it. And I bought my ukimta, but Tumas Basar, oh. So you're telling me that part of the price is discussing where the meat of the Korban Pesach became Tomei. It says, I'm a safe, uh, but look at the next part. We learn something that does not apply by all sacrifices, which is referring to uncircumcised. Remember, an uncircumcised person is invalid by Korban Pesach, but by other Korbanos, he can send someone on his behalf. Um, from someone who's Tome, which does not apply for by all sacrifices. Again, same thing. Um, someone who's Tome can't be involved in the common Pesach, but another sacrifice he could. And don't learn it from Pigel, which does apply by all, all sacrifices. Now, Umay Tuma, what Tuma are we referring to there? If you want to tell me that it means the flesh is Tome, the why doesn't it apply by other sacrifices? Any sacrifice that becomes Tomei is invalid, same as the Koban Pesach. So if you're discussing the meat of a Koban that became Tomei, then, then, it's, then it, it can't be discussing the meat of a Koban became Tomei. Because then what, we wouldn't call it something that doesn't apply by all sacrifices. Elipshita Batubas Gavri. And must be referring to 
Thomas Gavri, oh my, I know you call us Vachim, the Ilu call us Vachim, or over Tom and Mashlichim Korbonosayim. And what do we mean when we say it doesn't apply by all other sacrifices? Because an oral and a Tome can send their sacrifice through an agent to go offer it for them. The Ilu Bepesach, oral, the Tome, and Mashlichim Pischeihem. But regarding the Korban Pesach, an oral and a Tome can't send their, their Korban Pesach. So what, what's our difficulty? Again, we established the first case, the first point of the Brisa, which was comparing Orla to Tuma, we said that that Tuma must be discussing where the actual Koban Pesach became Tome. That's why it's not so obvious. And then we says, oh, but this part where we're discussing, should we rather compare the Koban Pesach to Tuma or to Pigel? Um, should we, yeah, should we, sorry, should we rather compare Orla to Tuma or Pigel? We said we should rather compare it to Tuma because it doesn't apply by all sacrifices. That must be where the people are Tome. So we're switching what's bothering the Gomorrah, what's bothering um, um, Marzutra, is that you're switching from the discussing the meat of the Korban that was Tome to discussing where the people offering the Korban were Tome. Like that, that seems to be an inconsistency in the Brisa. So the Gomorrah answers, it gives two answers. Reisha, Betumas Bosa, Vesefa, Betumas Gavri. Now the first part is where the flesh became Tome. And the second part is where the people were Tome. I, yeah, you're right. The first, they are two different cases. It is disgusting. Oh, um, the Eboy's aim alternatively, you can say, Sefer Nami Betubas Bosa. The Sefer is actually also referring to where the actual Korban became Tome. And what do we mean when we say it doesn't apply by all sacrifices? By all other sacrifices, whether the Chalev, the part that burnt on the Mizbech, becomes Tome, or the flesh, the part of the Korban that's eaten, becomes Tome. As long as one of them is Tahor, or the other, yeah, it's fine. Zoyrei Kesatam, you still sprinkle the blood. Ve'ilu Pesach nitma chelev u'bosor kayim zoyrei kesatam. But the common Pesach, if the chelev became Tomei, but the flesh that's eaten is still Tahor, then you can sprinkle the blood. Nitma bosor v'chelev kayim, if the flesh becomes Tomei, and the chelev is still in existence, ain't a zoyrei kesatam, you do not sprinkle the blood. So what? Um, so what are we saying? It is Tumas Bosor. Ah, oh, but isn't Tumas Bosor applicable by all Kobonas? Again, we mentioned that. How can you compare? Um, you should compare Orla uncircumcised to Tuma, because just as uncircumcised is doesn't apply by all sacrifices, so to. Tumor doesn't apply by all sacrifice, but we said, wait, if we're discussing the flesh of a korban, all korbanas that become tome are invalid, not only the korban Pesach. So it doesn't make sense to say we're discussing the flesh. So the second answer is no, it does make sense. We're, what aspect are we discussing of Tumor's Bosor? What happens if just the flesh became tome, but the chalev remains toho? 
So by all other sacrifices, you can still do the zrika. You can still sprinkle the blood on the Mizbech and have a valid sacrifice. Even though there's nothing going to be nothing of the Korban to eat. But regarding the Korban Pesach, that, doesn't, that law doesn't apply by all sacrifices. If, just the, if the flesh becomes Tomei, that there's nothing to eat, it's a possible you don't sprinkle the blood. So therefore we see that this, this rule of Tumah doesn't apply by all sacrifices. Okay, so now, now we're going to take this to the next step. So, so we've had, well, we have two answers. We first said that we're discussing the flesh of the Korban and then we're discussing the people. And the second answer is that no, both were discussing the flesh of the Korban. So if that's the case, the Gomorrah asks, it says, Bumayakum So how do you establish this part of the Brisa that we're discussing where the flesh of the Korban, the meat of the Korban becomes Tomei? Says Amos Safer, what about the latter clause? We should rather learn something that there is no exception to from something else which there is no, uh, uh, no exception to. We should rather learn the halachas of uncircumcised from pigle. Because by because both have no exception. There's never a time that an uncircumcised person can offer a Koran Pesach. And Pigel, there's never a time that a sacrifice shechted with intent to sprinkle the blood too late or to eat it too late, that it's valid. And we shouldn't learn it from Tuma, which has an exception. There is a time where a sacrifice can be offered excuse me, can be eaten, or well, let's see, can be offered or eaten, but Tumah, it says, but my, what sort of Tumah, when is Tumah an exception? I, we know generally everyone involved in a sacrifice and to eat a, a sacrifice has to be Tomei, to, uh, Tahar. So when is there an exception that it doesn't have to be Tahar? It says, Ilema, Betumah's Basar, if you want to tell me we're discussing where the flesh became tahor, when is it ever permitted? When is there ever this exception that if the flesh became tome, you can eat it? I.e., there's an interest, there's a halacha that a, cor, a communal offering can be offered betuma. Let's say every single kohen is tome, so do you not offer the daily offering? No, you still offer it. Oh, what about being eaten? You're not allowed to eat it. So if you tell me we're discussing the flesh of the Korban, well, there's no exception. You're never allowed to eat the flesh of the Korban. We must be discussing where the people are Tomei. So when is this exception? With the community. I um, Interesting, I don't think that's what it means. But it says, if a majority of the community are Tomei, they still offer their Korban Pesach and they can eat it. Aye, so very interestingly, this is a, we'll see more about this in uh, coming up in the discussion of the Korban Pesach. As I said, this discussion around the Korban Pesach continues for the ne- and the, the yeah this Kochim discussion regarding the Korban Pesach and the other Korbanos of Pesach continues till to all the way to Perek Nan. So it's uh, four Prokim, um, but. Oh, but one of the things we're going to learn, very interesting, if most Jews are Tomei, they still offer the Korban Pesach. So that's an exception. Generally, if people are Tomei, 
You don't offer a korban. They can't offer the korban. If every single Jew is tome, they can't go and offer their korban chattas. They can't offer their korbanos that they need to offer. But by the korban pesach, if everyone is tome, then you offer the korban pesach. So what do we see? That there is an exception to tumas gavri where the person is tome. So now the Gomorrah asks, but that does that's difficult. Raisha Batubas Boso Safer Batubas Gavri. You just told me the previous piece of the Brysa was discussing where the flesh of the Korban Pesach became Tome. And now you're switching and saying we're discussing where the people bringing the Korban Pesach are Tome. So Gomorrah answers in yes, shame Tumakoporis. You're right, we're just discussing um Types of tumor. I when it's contrasting tumor, it's not contrasting the same tumor. It's just contrasting this. Um, um, the discussion is based around tumor. I don't know if I read it, um, but that was also an answer given to the previous question. Okay, and then it gives Ibois Ama. Alternatively, there's another answer. Kula betumas basar. Actually, the whole price is with tumas basar. Bahechachutra. Oh, when do we ever find this exception that you're allowed to eat tomei meat of a korban? Says betumas pesach, where a korban pesach is tomei. The tan pesach abo betuma. If the pesach is offered in tuma, if the majority of the Jews are tomei and they're offering their korban pesach, nechal betuma, they're allowed to eat it. With uh, when they tumah shaloi bo mitchilasa ele lachila. Because the whole purpose of the Korban Pesach is brought is be, is that it's brought to eat. So if you're allowed to offer, so when if you ever make an exception for the Korban Pesach, that exception has to carry over to being allowed to eat it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a Korban Pesach. Um, so that's a very interesting. So I mean, to answer our question, we've introduced um, two very uh, well, yeah, two surprising halachas that we don't um, always know. We know that you have to be pure to offer a sacrifice, and the Kohanim have to be pure. And that if the sacrifice becomes tome, it is invalid. And we also know that if you tome and you eat from a korban, it's a chiyuv kores, it's very severe. Um, but we see that, but what we've just brought out is a few exceptions to that. One exception is if, if everyone's tome, you can still offer communal offerings in tuma. Granted, they're not eaten, but you can still offer them. And by the korban Pesach, there's a double leniency. The leniency is that if everyone is tome, you can still offer the korban Pesach. And not only that, everyone can eat their Korban Pesach. And that Sforah is based on the point that the Korban Pesach is brought to be eaten. And with that Sforah in mind, that, that principle in mind that the whole purpose of this Korban Pesach is to be eaten, that would underlie a lot of our discussion that we've had the, the last two days. Just some of the points is we said if you shift the Korban Pesach for only old and sick people who are not going to be able to eat it, it's a possible Korban Pesach. Why should it be possible? It's it's shechted perfectly, let's say it's perfectly tahar, and they're just going to have a nibble. They're not going to eat a kazais. Why should it invalidate the cobra? No, because the whole purpose of the common Pesach is shechted to be eaten. And that would be the same by an oral, someone who's tome, um, someone not included in the group, they can't eat from it, etc. So this we find by common Pesach has a lot of alochas. And that also makes sense why we mentioned yesterday um, we made a distinction whether in the zrika, the thoughts for those who can't eat it in the zrika, and the thoughts for those who can't, your intent to offer it for those who can't eat it in the zrika, and your intent to offer it for those who can't eat it in the shechita. 
The zrika is for kapora, so therefore it, that intent it doesn't necessarily affect it for those who can't eat it. But bashchita, which is for the achila, that would make a difference. That was a havamina in the Gemara yesterday. Now remember earlier on today's daf, we mentioned that Rav Chizda holds for ha'il l'chumra. We say since when it goes strict. So for example, we know that for someone to be this, if you shech, the, the, you know, the, the case we mentioned earlier was if you shech the korban for someone who is not its owner, it becomes invalid. But the halacha is that it has to be someone who's subject to that korban. I use the phrase bar kapora, but we could say in a way also obligated in that korban. Which means that, now the question there was if someone is uncircumcised, they're not allowed to bring a korban pesach. But Rav Chizda says, Ho'il, since they could just circumcise themselves, they are obligated, they are subject to a Koban Pesach, and therefore, Ho'il, since that thing, it would make the Koban Pesach invalid. So now we challenge that. He says, Mosif, Rav Huna, Rav Braid, Rav Yeshua, Rav Huna, Braid, Rav Yeshua, challenge that. He says, A Pesach of Rishnosa, Beshochto Bizmano Lishmo. A Pesach that was too old, uh, it was over a year old, and it was shafted in its right time as a Koban Pesach. So again, so a Korban Pesach has to be up to its first birthday in its first year. And this person's Korban Pesach was a year and a half. And he shechted it in the afternoon when you're supposed to be shechting your Korban Pesach as a Korban Pesach. It says, Pesach. And so too, if you shecht another Korban, another type of Korban as a Korban Pesach, Bismano in its right time, Rabbi Eliezer points out Rabbi Yeshua Machshu, Rabbi Eliezer says it's invalid, and Rabbi Yeshua says it's valid. Now this is this last point, and this is what we're going to focus on. If you shecht another Korban as a Korban Pesach, on Erev Pesach, right? when you should be shechting the Korban Pesach, someone takes a Shlomim, and they shecht it as a Korban Pesach. Now Rabbi Eliezer holds that any Korban shechted as a Pesach on the 14th, is possible. And Rabbi Yeshua holds no. It's just like a korban that is shechted with the wrong type of korban, except for a Pesach, and Chatzis is valid. So that other korban shechted as a Pesach is still valid. Okay, Rashi goes into what the Machlokis is based on, based on the Gomorrah elsewhere. But let's go on. So he says, Time now Rabbi Eliezer emphasized that when is it possible because you're shechting it as a Pesach on Erev Pesach which implies that if you shecht it as a Korban Pesach the rest of the year uh, you take a Korban and you shecht it as a Korban Pesach on, a, on any other day besides Erev Pesach it would be kosher kosher v'amai why should it be kosher Neymar we should say since if you shecht it in its right time, even when you shecht, it's invalid, if you shecht it at the wrong time, it's invalid. Aye? You could, you shechting this shlomim today as a Pesach. Now, you could leave that shlomim till Erev Pesach to shecht it as a Pesach. Sorry, one second. Um... Sorry, there's an echo. Just going to put everyone on mute. Yeah, sorry, there was an echo. Um, yeah, so we should say that just since you could shech the sacrifice on Erev Pesach as a Koban Pesach, it would be invalid. Well, then so too, if you shech the today as a Pesach, it's invalid. 
says Omar Papa Shani Hosam to Omar Kra. No, Rava says the law regarding a Kobam Pesach is different because it's yeah, it's based on a positive. You will say it is a Korban Pesach. Says Hu Bevyoso. I it must remain as is. You can't shecht another it as another sacrifice, I a kovan pesach as another sacrifice, nor another sacrifice nor another sacrifice as it. And that's where we learn this invalidation that why if you, granted if you shecht the kovan pesach as another sacrifice it's possible okay that's aloha. But why if you shech the shlomim as a korban pesach? When if you would shech the shlomim as a well, let's put it like this: if you would shech the shlomim as a oila, the shlomim would still be valid. So why if you shech the korban shlomim as a pesach, is it invalid? So what? Um, so that's because the pasuk says pesachu. It must be a pesach. Nothing else can be a pesach. And if you shech another korban as a pesach, it would be invalid. Now we extend this. He says bismano shehu poiselushim acherim acherim poiselishmo. In its time, if you shech it. As an, you shecht the Koban Pesach as another type. Then another type shechted as a Pesach would be invalid. Not at its time. I, the rest of the year, if you shecht the Koban Pesach as another sacrifice, it would be valid. Another sacrifice shechted for it would be Kosher. Uh, so that's uh, yeah. So that's the distinction. And again, this interest. Uh, yeah. Um, so this point of when does a sacrifice shechted as a korban pesach? When is it invalid? Only when if you would shech the korban pesach as another sacrifice, it would be invalid. And that is on erev pesach. Okay. Now we go into a bit of a garita. A nice change, a lighter aspect. Rabbi Simlai Asalakai made the Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Simlai came before Rabbi Yochanan. Omar Lay, he said to him, Nisnili Mar Sefer Yuchsin. Can you please teach me Sefer Yuchsin? Now Rashi says, What's Sefer Yuchsin? He says it's a collection of tonight teachings, like almost like a midrash on Divrei Hayomim. It says Omar Lay, um, and he wasn't too keen to teach it to him, as we'll see. Uh, he says, because he said to him, he says, where are you from? So he says, I come from Lud. And where do you live? He says, I, I, I was born and I grew up in Lud and now I live in Nahardai. He says, We have a principle that we don't learn the safer with people from Lud or from Nahardai. But how much more so I can't learn it with you? Because you come from Lud. And you live in Nahardai. So you have all the problems together. Why, why I can't learn the Sefer with you? Um, it's not so clear. Why Why didn't they teach it to those people? So, where was it? Yeah, it seems that Sefer Yuxin had a lot of um, teachings regarding different families' lineage. And the people from Lud and uh, Nahardai had bad lineage. So they would take it very personally or they would distort it. Or it would teach them about it would uh, int- or it would um, 
it would uh, give them ammo against other families. Uh, what's it? Uh, bra- uh, bragging rights or uh, th- things to use against other families. So therefore, they wouldn't teach it to these people from Lut on our dice. So Rabbi Yochanan didn't want to teach him. Says Kafev say he pressurized him, and Rabbi Yochanan agreed. So he says Amalei Nisni begimul He says, okay, but can we learn it in three months? I don't have that much time. Let's learn the Sefer in three months. So it says Shokal Kala Potakba. He took a clot of earth and he threw it at him. Says Omarle, oh my Bruria, Divisai the Rebime, Barte the Rebbe, Khanina ben Trajon. Bruria, who was the wife of Rebime, the daughter of Rebbe Khananya ben Trajon. Ah, she has the most most amazing family. Titania and it's taught regarding her. She was able to learn 300 sugyas from 300 different rabbis in one day. And still she didn't manage to finish Sefer Yuchsin in three years. And you're coming to tell me in three months. That's like a school kid going to his uh, Rosh Hashiva and saying, um, you know, teach me the whole of Shas in, in, a, in a few months. And the Rebbe says, look, look at the super genius who took him years and years to learn, uh, to learn Shas. And do you want to do it in such a short time? So that's what he was telling him. Rebbe Meir's wife, the daughter of Rebbe Hananya ben Trajan, was a phenomenal scholar. And she was able to learn 300 new points a day. From, never mind 300 new points. She could learn 300 different points from 300 different sages. So she had an amazing intellect. And she still didn't manage three years. And you want to do it in three months. So he wouldn't teach it to him. So, when he was leaving, when uh, when Rav Simlai was leaving Rabbi Yochanan, he says, Omalei Rebbe, Ma What's the difference between if you shecht, why is there this difference between if you shecht the Korban Pesach some of it for the correct type as a Korban Pesach and some of it not as a common Pesach. Why is that different to if you shecht the common Pesach for some people who can eat it and some people who can't eat it? What's the halacha if you have in mind that I'm going to shecht this Korban Pesach both as a Korban Pesach and as a Korban Shlomim? The whole Korban Pesach is invalid. If you have in mind that I'm going to shecht this Korban Pesach for five people who can't eat from it and five people who can eat from it, it's valid. So he asked Rabbi Yochanan, why is there that difference? He says, oh, Since you're a yeshiva student, I'll actually, I'll give you the answer. I'll teach this to you. He says, now he's going to give a few distinctions why Lishmo is different to L'Ochlov. He says, It's it's an invalidation regarding the actual Koban Pesach. Your thought is, is this a Koban Pesach or is this a Koban Shlomim? It's not about the Koban Pesach. It's about a periphery issue. Who can eat it? If it's shechted for those who can eat it, for, sorry, for the right intention and the wrong intention, well, you can't see what parts valid and what part's not valid. Again, if you have in mind that I'm shechting this Koban Pesach for both a Koban Pesach and a Koban Shlomim, it's not that this half is a Pesach and half is a Shlomim. Every atom, every molecule of the Koban Pesach is uh, is, a, is both and therefore it's possible. Whereas, 
If you shecht the common Pesach for those who can eat it and those who can't eat it, it's very clear to say who it's asked to eat. Those who can eat it, can eat it, and those who can't eat it, can't eat it. So it's very easy to clarify. So there's Lishma, another difference. Lishma v'shelo Lishma yeshnu b'dalet avoidos. L'ochlo v'shelo l'ochlo v'eno b'avodos. If you have intent to shecht the common Pesach as a shlomim, that intent will take intent will make the Korban Pesach invalid for by all four avodas by the Shrita, Kabbalah, Halacha, and Zrika. Whereas if you intend to shecht it for those who can't eat it, that can only invalidate it at Shrita. If you have intent to sprinkle the blood or to carry the blood or to catch the blood from the at the time of Shrita to do it for those who can't eat it, that doesn't invalidate the Korban Pesach. Another difference. Lishma v'shelo lishma yeshnu b'tzibur k'biyachid la'achla v'shelo la'achla v'eno b'tzibur k'biyachid. If you have intent to shech the korban for the wrong type of sacrifice, that affects communal offerings and personal offerings. Whereas if your intent is to is to shech the korban for those who can't eat it, it only applies by korban Pesach. Any other korban that's shechted on behalf of someone who can't eat it is still a valid korban. Now, so that's Rabbi Yochanan's answer to Rabbi Simlai why, um, where, why there's a distinction between if you shechted if you shecht part of the common Pesach as a Pesach and part as a Shlomim, I have both intents, is different to if your intent is to shecht it on behalf of those who can eat it and at the same time those who can't eat it. Ravashi, Omar Ravashi clarifies, he says, Tzula Bagufo ve'ef shar levarer isura chada milsehi. This aspect of the in, it's a, when you have intent for another type of sacrifice is considered an invalidation in the Korban itself is the same as saying you can't clarify what part is lishma and what part is not lishma. Why Why? How can you say it's psula begufa? At the end of the day, it's just a thought. It's not an actual problem in the korban pesach. It's a problem in the person who does the shritas intent. So why are you calling the psula begufa a problem in the actual pesach? So. So that is, no, because you once you've done that, you can't distinguish what part of the Korban Pesach is valid or invalid. That's why it's considered. Omar Rami Bar. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the halachic discussion between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Simlai. And now we quickly ju- jump back and we'll end off with this. Um, some teach um, back to Sefer Yuxin. We mentioned Sefer Yuxin. The one thing we mentioned about it is that it was... So I don't know if it was so difficult or so long that Rabbi Meir's wife couldn't even learn it in three years. This is Reb Rav Bruria, Rav Ashi. Um, sorry. Then so we say Omar Rami Bar Bar Rav Yuda Omar Omar Rav Rami Bar Yuda said in the name of Rav. Miyom shenigla sefer yuchasin toshes koychon shel chachmei chachomim v'kama oreinayim. From the day Sefer Yuxin was forgotten or hidden, they, at, at the, the eyes, the, we, the strength of the, of the Chachomim was weakened and their eyes were dimmed. I think they, they lost out a substantial amount of Torah. Omar Marzutra, Marzutra says, Ben Eitzel, the Eitzel, between Eitzel and Eitzel. It's two times in Sefer, in, in Divra Yomim where it uses the word Eitzel. It's one peric apart. 
says Toinu Dalid Maya Gamli Drosha. There were four hundred camel loads of droshas. Aye, it was an extremely long, uh, um, an extremely long sefer. And extremely long. There were so many droshas and so much to learn from it that it that again it's an exaggeration. But there were four hundred camel loads just on one peric between one point. Yeah, just mentioning how many hundreds of droshas. Like we can't even conceive trying to understand one pasuk and grasping one drosha. And we're speaking about hundreds and hundreds of droshas on uh, on one peric on just a few psukim. So it reminded me of the story brought about the Vilna Gon. Um, that uh, it's actually Rav Chaim Ivalozhin, who was one of the primary Talmudim. It's it's a relative. It's it's quite a reliable story. It's printed in the introduction to Sefer Ditzniusa, and it's said in the name of Rav Chaim Ivalozhin um, about his Rebbe, the Vilna Gon. So it says here. Um, it says I want to tell you something amazing. That once on the on uh, the first day of Pesach. Two Talmidim of the Vilna Gon's uh, significant Talmidim were sitting with him, Umashara, um, and they knew that if on Yom Tov the Vilna Gon was generally radiating joy and he was extremely happy. Um, like we know, there's a mitzvah, and therefore they were very, very bewildered when they saw that their Rebbe, the Vilna Gon, wasn't as happy as he usually was on Yom Tov. He was actually a little bit. Um, he was a little bit down. So his Talmudim were very, very surprised at the Vilna Gon. How come you're feeling so down on, on Yom Tov? And uh, so they tried to pressure, they pressurized him into telling what it was. And he said, so the Vilna says, you know what? There's a, the Posuk says, If you have a weight on your heart, you should speak it to someone else. He says, you know what? I'll tell you. He says, last night, Elia Novi came to me and... He revealed to me wondrous, wondrous, uh, wondrous novelties and deep insights. Um, many, many wondrous on the word um, They went up in the south. I seemingly three insignificant words in the Chumash said Eliyahu Novi came and taught me many, many droshes. And he says, when I woke up in the morning, out of my excitement for having learnt all those droshes, I started thinking about them before Birchas HaTorah. And because, I mean, interesting enough, the Vilna Gon holds that you're not even allowed to think Torah before saying Birchas HaTorah. He says, I forgot it all. And uh, it's just interesting. I mean, and uh, yeah, the story continues that they for they, they blessed their Rebbe and Davin for him that he should return it. But what I was bringing from there, what I found quite, quite amazing, is we see, like not even so long ago, we had Talmidei Chachomim who on one posuk could understand hundreds of droshes, an idea that we like totally out of our mind when we're struggling to understand how to read one posuk, never mind the droshes and the deeper levels and the different explanations on it. Okay, and with that, uh, yeah, we'll leave it. Have a good Shabbos, and yeah, I'll see you Sunday.